So I really enjoy when I get to have conversations with someone like my guest today, Elle, um, who brought up the values of faith and love um, and her relationship with God is kind of her most important value. And I say that as someone who, if you asked me, I'd probably say I'm an atheist, or at least I lean towards being an atheist. Um, and maybe that's why I love these conversations so much. A big part of my objective for doing this show is to explore and learn, understand different perspectives. And when I get to talk to somebody like Elle, who has such deep knowledge and such a good perspective on why faith is so important to her, it's really, really insightful and kind of opens up my mind a bunch. And what I thought was really, really interesting about this conversation was there was a quote that Elle has that, that I think represented a big part of the conversation that God is about relationships, not religion. And Elle has this view that over the years, you know, thousands of years, um, we've lost that. We've become so focused on the formal structure and the religion and the laws and the codes and all these things that God never actually intended for us. That was never really the point of faith in God. It's really about having a very intentional, individual, one-on-one relationship with God in whatever form that looks like for you. And Elle's view is, and she's seen this work in her own life, that when you can do that, when you can tap into that relationship with God and kind of have a conversation with God every day, it allows you to understand at such a deeper level who you are, what you're meant to be doing, and how to just enjoy your life more, how to just be you more. Uh, So much so that you created a website called youear.com to really explore this with people. And I think it's just such an interesting thing, right? And there's there's a lot of people, sometimes I'm one of these people that that hear this, right? Relationship with God, conversation with God. Um, and they kind of roll their eyes. And they're like, what the hell are we actually talking about here? But again, that's why I love the show, because I get a chance in a very respectful, genuine way to ask those questions about what do we mean when we're talking about having a relationship or talking to God every day? And it was really cool to hear her very thoughtful response. And what was what was crazy was um, when she explained what it was like for her to talk to God, it sounded an awful lot like what I would explain is me just being really deeply thoughtful and reflective and kind of questioning myself and my thoughts. And I found that really, really thought provoking because the more I do this show and the more I talk to people of all different types, the more I realize that there's a really thin line between kind of science or logic and God and faith, right? So that idea of hearing God or or having a conversation with God, there's some people that would view it very binary, right? And say, yeah, yeah, that's completely a divine process. That's completely God-driven. There's no science involved in that at all. Then there's people that would go the other direction and say, no, 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 there's neurology and there's, there's biology and physiology behind that. And there's neurons firing and there's hormones involved and there's no God involved. We can explain all of that through science. And I think what, what, I, what I loved and what, what Elle brought to this conversation was an openness to religion that said it doesn't have to be this rigid way that we thought it was. Maybe it's both those things. Maybe us being here and whatever it was, in in her view, it's God that created us and put us in this position and gave us these minds that we have. Yeah, that, that same creator is the one that fuels these thoughts that are in our head. And sure, science can explain the mechanics of, of how the creator did that with, with neurons and, and hormones and, and neurology and all that. But that doesn't preclude the fact that there is a God behind it all, ultimately. Now, I don't know for sure. I don't know that any of us do, but I think having conversations like this, deeply exploring topics and, and, and issues that maybe we don't think about as much or don't think about from a certain perspective, I can't tell you how valuable I find that. And I hope you all do too. Um, and a big thanks to Elle for being on the show and just talking about her views and how her relationship with God has changed her so that we can all kind of try and understand it from our perspectives. So with that, let's get to the show with Elle. All right, Al, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate you making the time. Excited to talk to you. I will go right to the first question of what's the value that's most important to you? <laughs> I just want to say it's my pleasure to be here. When I hear that word value, though, I think of you know, that list of like family, love and all that yes. sort of stuff. Uh, and so I'm assuming what you really want to know is like, why am I here? What's most important to me? Or do you mean actually a value? You know, I, I it's funny. Every so often people will ask that question. And my immediate <laughs> I probably answer should have asked is, you that before we got started. <laughs> no, no, no. I like that you're asking it now because it's good because people get to hear it. Um, yeah. My immediate response is I, wherever you want to go with it, I'm good with that. Okay. But I'll tell you the, how I think of it or why I asked that question. Um, 
to me, everything we do in life, our actions, our beliefs, everything is driven by some value system, quite literally, that makes us take mm -hmm. that next action or say this thing or believe this thing. Yeah. So I think it's very hard for us to uncover what exactly that is, if we're being totally honest. I think people mm -hmm. will often say, oh, it's it's family or it's value or it's integrity. And sometimes that's true. Yeah. But in the spirit of it, it's meant to say, like, when you really think about how you spend your time, mm -hmm. how do you choose to prioritize that over something else? And that value should be yeah. the thing that drives that. So that's kind of the, the spirit mm -hmm. of it. Cool. I like that. And as you were explaining that, I was like, well, okay. Because well, I did, there's loads of value tests online, mm. isn't there? And you make a list. And I think, so for me, ultimately, if I had to pick number one is faith. Because right. I was hovering between faith or love. And I'm like, well, actually, faith and love to me, they're connected. Mm. And actually, I love because of my faith. And then family, I love. So yeah, I think mm. faith would be my number one answer. Although when I, before, in, not I say in preparation, because I knew we were chatting and I'd read that was the first question. My mind had gone on a whole other topic. So I'm glad I asked that question. Uh -huh. And you got to explain it because then your new listeners, perhaps who hadn't heard you explain that's right. it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. exactly right. See, we're already <laughs> on the right track here. Yay. Um, so faith. All right. So I, I've listened to a little bit of your stuff. I, I'm somewhat familiar right. with it, but for those listening and just for me as well, talk to me a little bit about that. What, what do you mean when you say faith and why why is that such an important or the most important value to you? Sure. So that's a good question. And it ties in with the answer I would have given you before. So before, mm -hmm. if, if we would go down the road of well, what, why are you why are you here? What are you doing? My whole thing is about helping people be who God created them to be mm -hmm. in relationship with them. But that ties back in with faith as my ultimate value, because I am the person I am today because of the my faith journey uh, mm. and 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 where I've been. So if we'd have met 10 years ago, I'd had the same face. I haven't had like plastic surgery, but in terms of like my spirit and the sparkle, I like to think I have in my eyes and my my zest for life, I was a completely different person. Mm. Uh, despite the fact that I was a person of faith then. So I prayed the prayer when I was 12. Like I grew up in a Christian family. Um, they were quite sort of staunch preaching, a good Welsh preacher, uh, William Williams or Morgan Morgans. Do you know where you're going to go if you die tonight? Like, oh. So I was really, I say I was scared out of hell when I was 12. I wasn't really loved into heaven until my twenties. And that was what set me on this journey to who I am today. Because I, although I'd grown up in the church, I hadn't really grown up. I knew that God loves me. I'd been told that God loves me but I didn't really know it. Uh, and so I remember uh, I got, I fell in love, got married, had children uh, and my husband's a policeman. And so I started going to church. I stopped going to church, stopped talking to God, but I started going to church again when our, our youngest, our eldest daughter, sorry, was a baby. She's mm -hmm. 19 now, but she was a few months old. Went back to church for company with my parents, my parents were going. And again, week on week, I'd say, okay, God, this will be the week when I'll talk to you more. This will be the week. When, uh, and I didn't until I happened upon a Bible weight loss course uh now we before we started recording we established the fact it's hot today and i'm not built for 31 degrees which is hot for you americans i don't know what it is <laughs> americanness fahrenheit maybe like 80 90 it's hot well, i've always been a curvy girl uh, and so me stumbling upon this weight loss course little did i know then stumbled me into this idea of god who's interested in every aspect of my life meeting me as i am and loving me and it's like this completely new understanding of who god is and so it set me on this journey. I didn't like miraculously become this different person, but little by little, because I'd been, I remember prior to that, trying really hard. All I wanted to do was fall in love, get married, have kids. I was trying to be really sort of like a good mum and a good mm. wife. Uh, and I was really miserable and angry and frustrated. And I, I often say, I'm so thankful that my children were young enough. They don't remember that. Mm. They don't remember grumpy mum, but I really remember it. And so for me, that difference was Jesus and recognizing that I could be loved just as I am. And actually, if that's okay for the creator of the universe, maybe it's okay to be me because mm. I've always been a bit weird and a bit quirky. And whereas when I was a kid and someone would call me weird, I would take it as a compliment. In my early 20s, I was trying to be really serious and not. And so that faith piece has always been uh, part of who I am as I go along. And it does it has had more, even more of an impact. So like during lockdown, God and I went on this whole other journey. So I've had another sort of like upgrade, if you like, or another reboot in my faith. Uh, and so that's why I think of all of it, faith is the underpinning piece of mm. that. Mm. All right. So I love it because um, there was a couple of questions I wanted to get to. I thought we might get to in the conversation. And I think you're setting us right along that track. But let me ask this question first, because I think, firstly, I think that's a great answer and, and really helpful to kind of understand and a lot to unpack there. I think there's there's some people that that listen when they hear people talk about faith and and God and Jesus in that relationship, and even if they're not you know against that or have like a negative connotation with it, it's it's 
it can be very abstract. It can be very conceptual. Yeah. And I think oh, yeah. the story you're telling about how you went from being, I'll use the term, like the grumpy mom to mm-hmm. where you are today, right? Super mm-hmm. happy. I can still be grumpy sometimes. Just... I just sure. want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because totally <laughs> my kids ever watch that, like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but connect that a little. Like, make that real for people. What is it about that relationship with God, the change that you had that allowed you to literally go from feeling, and I know it wasn't overnight, but one day where you are more grumpy, your general disposition is angry, you feel like you're, whatever it is, inadequate, you need to be mm-hmm. something different, to having mm-hmm. a true genuine sensation of like, nope, I'm totally okay just like this and I'm happy and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a different person in some ways. How does that actually work? How does God actually help you to do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it was definitely a little by little piece. And I, I want to say as well, because like I love doing podcasts and talking to loads of different people and I'm always aware of the fact I'm talking to lots of different audiences. And so there can be people potentially listening to this or watching this who go, oh God, ooh, you sure. know, and, and so we, I want to just acknowledge that. And I want to, I want to encourage you that actually, I suspect that particularly for people who are like, oh no, I don't know if, I don't know if I believe in God. I would challenge you that describe to me the, the God you don't believe in, because I probably don't believe in him either. Mm. Uh, there's an awful lot. One of my one of my soap boxes that I don't get onto too often unless I'm given the opportunity to is around how how God has been presented to us. Mm. Uh, and so there's and I'll spare you too many details because we don't have the time. It's a long story. But some I, I did this during lockdown, I did this module, uh, did a theology course online, uh, and there was a module on church history and and it was like this revelation to me how much of our um the gospel how much of what we take as read in the church has actually been influenced by ancient greek philosophy mm-hmm. this idea of god being far away and aloof and untouchable and mighty and all that stuff yeah he is powerful yes he did i believe did speak the stars into existence etc but the, the hebrew is the old testament is written in hebrew it's a relational language and god didn't do that by accident mm-hmm. uh, and so so much of our picture of God, like, oh, he might smite me and all this sort of stuff. That's not how he does life. And I recognize that there are people who go, well, it doesn't sound like that in the Old Testament. Again, that's a conversation for another day. Like there's so much of this we could dig into. But I just want to put that out there for those people that I don't believe it's an accident that you're listening to this, even if it's bumping up against stuff, because God does love you. And I maintain, you know, I already described the difference between being scared out of hell. Being scared out of hell didn't walk me into relationship with God. It was being loved into heaven. Mm. And that difference is like night and day. Uh, And so I maintain that if actually every single person knew just how loved they genuinely are by God, we wouldn't need to be scaring them out of hell. They'd be like, yeah, me too, me too. Mm. But that doesn't really answer your question. (laughs) I recognize that. Yeah, but I just want to just wanted to just put that there because and and also to encourage people just to take a deep breath and relax, Mm. you know, because you might not talk to God, you might talk to the universe, or you might talk to Allah, or you might talk to your toenails, I don't care. Mm. I believe that God is, I mean, don't talk to your toenails unless yours are beautiful, but <laughs> you know, whatever. I believe that God is bigger than semantics. Mm. Uh, and so actually there is this deep, we all have, when I say, I shouldn't say all, lots of people have this deep scented, this feeling of being connected to something or someone bigger than themselves. They might not use the label God, but I would maintain that that, that is God reaching out to them and calling them into relationship because that's what we were born for. Uh, and so don't get hung up. I, and Anne also, I didn't know I was going to say this, on behalf of any people who carry the Christian label, who've ever hurt you or given you this picture of God, who's not kind or, out, or who is out to get you, allow me to apologize, apologize on their behalf because they might not ever apologize, but God doesn't want you to have that picture of him. Mm. He loves you so, so much. So, but go back to the question mm. um, in terms of practical stuff. So, I mean, the pra- for me, it got really practical during lockdown or just prior to lockdown. I, although I grew up in the church, I and I I'd had experiences of perhaps reading the Bible and a verse leaping off the page at me. Or, you know, you sometimes get this inkling that, oh, maybe, you know, or maybe somebody would say something. I'd never expected God to communicate with me very clearly. Mm. Uh, and then suddenly in tw- at the end of 2019, I asked God my very first question. And from then on, during lockdown, I started journaling with God. And so like literally every single day. Yeah, what's on your heart today? And I know this will sound bonkers to some people. Uh, and if you're like someone who's like, well, I want to do that. I'm going to give a shameless plug for my you or your book, which mm-hmm. you can get really cheaply on Amazon. It's a book I wrote with Holy Spirit that actually, because I always thought that it was like ultra holy people or prophets or I don't know, someone who went out to the desert and, and secluded themselves who would expect to hear from God. 
And the reality is God is whispering his love to us all of the time. He's communicating to you all of the time. So in practical terms, right now, it's much more practical than it was even then. Like my whole business now is led by God. Okay, God, what are we going to do today? Uh, you know, what? And, and I quite often I get these sort of ideas pop in my head. I'm like, okay, is that you, God? To the point where I take my dog for a walk. And I think it was, what day are we today? Friday. It might have been Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I had this nudge to go towards the beach, which I know you don't know where that is. It doesn't matter. But as I was walking along, I was like, okay, go and look, go and go around and see. There's a lady who I've met, made friends with. Um, she runs a Christian, uh, I think it's Christian school. I'm not quite sure, but really out of the blue, I, we're friendly-ish, but go and knock on her door and say hello to her. I was like, but you know, she she's in the office. She might be busy. No, no, go on. And so I did. And I went around and said, and I had to ask her how you can pray for her. And so I did. And so, and she, she came out and she's like, actually, she had a very specific prayer need I'm, and then she texts me after I'm so glad that you called and that you I call them nudges that you followed the nudge because you really encouraged me today you've really blessed me and I haven't really told many people but now I'm so thankful that other people are talking to God about this thing for me mm. so it's really practical for me now uh in terms of how that went transformation wise I think really it was about recognizing who I was all along you know like I said I was a bit of a weirdo when I was a kid and I loved being a weirdo and it <sighs> So recognizing almost those pieces where I was feeling shut down mm. uh, and, and those pieces where I wasn't being true to myself. I think I think that's where it's it sort of started, um, because once you realize that actually, you know, God loves you, maybe it's OK to love yourself mm. and not give yourself a hard time. But it was and I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this, I'm rambling slightly because I'm realize I'm not directly answering the question. No, you are. Okay. And, and I think I, I like the way you're answering it, because it's it embraces you said something before that i think is really interesting god i forget exactly how you worded it but god is above semantics i think is what you said mm -hmm. and, and i think there's that. something yeah, deep in that because even as you're explaining this part of what, what you're saying is rambling which i don't think it was rambling by the way but <laughs> I, I run into this often too maybe not as in the same way as you with god but like these concepts we're talking about words are inadequate to explain yeah. them sometimes conversation yeah. the tool we have to communicate mm. it just doesn't work always for that and it's just the nature of what the thing is and i think mm. the way you're explaining it is leaning into that and tapping into it and it, i tend to be somebody who thinks very kind of like logically and like first principles and wants mm -hmm. to understand it and i think there's a lot of value in that but when you're looking at something like this it can be very hard because yeah. the the intuition is if the words don't do it justice there's a leap made that says oh it's not logical then and i don't yeah. think that's true i think it mm -hmm. could still be very logical it's just the words don't explain it properly mm -hmm. but with that said i think Let's explore that a little bit because, you know, the, the, the nudges, that point you mm -hmm. said, and, and kind of the things that you, when you feel God is talking to you, and you're right. I think for some people, they may view that differently. It's the universe. There's an energy force, yeah. whatever it is. That's all fine. Mm -hmm. How do you distinguish though? Like, is it, let me ask it this way. Is it by definition, if the thing that you're nudged to do or the, what you're kind of hearing that, that in your terms, God speaking to you, if it ends in a positive outcome, is that by definition, God put it there? And like, I often think of, and it's a very extreme example, but I'll use it because it's the first one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. If we take like a Hitler, for example, and mm -hmm. Hitler says like, well, I'm getting a nudge to go do some horrible mm -hmm. stuff to people. How would you be able to explain to him like, no, 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 that's not God. That's <laughs> something else. And obviously you could slim it down way further, right? If I get a nudge right now to go eat some cake, you know, then yeah. in the morning, is that God telling me that? Or is it not like, how do you actually distinguish the stuff that's God or not? And I ask this not in like a disingenuous way, no, no, no. Is the good stuff God? Like, is that yeah. the tell? Like, if yeah. it's good, then that probably is God told you to do it. So I had a long rambling question to follow you no, up. No, it's a really, it's a really, that? really good question. And one of the things that I think particularly, so I would never, um, if, if I was, if I had this nudge and it was something like, oh, like completely left of field, I will quite often go, okay, God, is that you? Mm. Am I hearing you right? What's going on? Particularly if it's something big, like, you, I mean, okay, I'm not going to use the Hitler example because yeah, God would never do it, but I'll use the example of like, I don't know, selling my car. Like I need my car to get places. I'd be like, are you sure God? Like, is that, is that, is that you? Um, or something even more extreme, like suddenly putting my house on the market and when, when I've got children in school, sure. you know, I would never my, put myself or have other people advocate somebody making massive life decisions in an instant because god isn't like a one-time word he's not mm. going to just say you one thing okay and then it's like Zoop, that's it that's what you're going to get you know uh, and so for me it's about because you're right it would be easy to go yeah all the positive stuff must be god uh, and 
it's not like that for me. I, I think instead there's two parts of this. Okay, let's get this straight. Mm. If because you do, we we are one of my mentors, um, Dr. Tony Robinson. She when she talked about journaling with God, she says that the, you ask, you write down your question, and then the first thing you hear will be God. The mm. second thing you hear will be um, your the enemy. No, sorry, yeah, the enemy. Oh, did God really say? And the third mm. thing would be your own doubts and your own insecurities. Mm. And so, how do you work through those? Is a really good question. Is what you're alluding to? Yeah. Because you're quite right. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna believe that there is a God uh, and a, who is a who I believe is a force for good for love, we also have to accept that there are what I call enemy forces. Now, yes, there are one third less enemy forces if we believe what we take in the Bible. Literally, I am not going to go there. I don't know enough about it. But still, we have to recognize there is evil in the world. There's stuff going on. So you're quite right. You could get a nudge that would be like, and I'd be like, hmm. So for me, I filter that through my understanding of God. You know, my filter is always God is love. You know, we're told lots of things about his characteristics. He's holy. He's, I don't know, judgment. He's all this stuff. But very clearly, he is love. We're told mm. faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. And so if, if an idea pops in my head that's something that's not loving, I'd be like, hmm, okay, I'm hearing this. God, is that you? What's going on? Mm. But if you ask him, expecting to, to him to answer, and that's the E in Yui, incidentally. Um, if you expect him to answer, I don't know if I actually mentioned Yui yet. If I haven't mentioned Yui yeah. yet, then people are like, what? <laughs> that word I can't say. <laughs> and I'll no. mention it. Yeah, you'll hear yeah, it. No, but it doesn't. I, I, I'm a little bit ADHD inclined and my mind goes off in several directions and I can't always remember what I've said. But if you if you expect if you're asking God questions and you can, can ask another question and then you're another question or like to the point where I've had, okay, we'll use the concrete example. So I had a nudge to come off social media at the end of 2021. So Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and so I didn't shut the accounts down. I just put up a, a thing that said, I'm not really here. If you want to do life with me, here are the ways that you can do it. And then about a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago, I had this nudge. No, okay, before that, my Instagram account got hacked. That's completely gone, which incidentally, I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad that happened now and not 12 months ago, because otherwise I'd have been like, <laughs> but it's about a month, six weeks ago, I had this nudge to start sharing these little love notes that Holy Spirit and I write on my Facebook page. I'm like, really? Like, God, you told me to come off Facebook. So I'm now hearing something that's a complete like contradiction to what I've heard previously. Why would you have me do that? And, he, and the answer I heard was, I wanted you to step away from social media so that you could step away from the illusion that it was a marketing tool for you and so that you and I could explore other ways to do it. I was like, okay. He mm -hmm. said, now that I've done that, I want you to share these words so they can reach more people. So I'm like, okay. I'm happy with that. It's an ongoing conversation. It's not like a one-time word. And this applies to things like I'm, it probably won't surprise you that I'm surrounded by other people who also like to hear from God and they'll speak into my life. And they, and I quite often, I remember oh, earlier in the year, time is a bit of a tangential concept yeah. in my head sometimes. Timey wimey is the doctor who likes to say. Um, earlier in the year, I signed up. This one of my friends has got this course where she helps people hear God. And they have these open sessions where they bring random strangers in and basically say prophesy. And for those who are not familiar with that word prophesy, within the context of Christian stuff, it means tell me what God is saying about me. So I had these people that gave me a word. I, I see children. I see lots of children. I don't think they're your children. But if you don't have a children's ministry, you're going to start a children's ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, OK, thank you very much. And I said, I thanked them for their time. And I, so afterwards, okay, God, I don't have a children's ministry. Um, I had sort of applied for a little job that was involved with helping children to sleep online. I'm like, is that that? And he's like, no, no, children is my kids. You're helping my kids hear my heart. I'm like, ah, okay, well, that makes sense. Because we're told that we know in part and we see in part. So if I had taken that word literally and jumped on it and gone, right, I need to start a children's ministry. What does that look like? What am I going to do? Or oh, I need to have more kids. I'm 44. I'm not having any more children. You know, can you see how this can work both for ourselves, but also other people as well? Yeah. But if it's part of an ongoing conversation, then it doesn't need to be like this one time yeah. thing. Instead, yeah. I mean, there will be times where people will say something because I used to say that if someone speaks into your life, it should be uh, in, let me get this the right way around, confirmation, not revelation. I, I said, somebody won't speak into your life something that God hasn't said first. And actually, that's not true. That's not that's not biblical. We do have lots of examples where God does take, take tell people things that they've never heard before. And so that might happen. 
but then you take that word if you hear something completely brand new like the example of the the children's ministry mm -hmm. you take that back to god as part of my ongoing conversation with god okay what's what do you what are you saying is it this is it that what does that mean we then lose that danger of like leaping on stuff yes. uh you know and jumping off almost like how people read a horoscope and they pick the bits that they like yeah. we don't want to be doing that let's have it be part of an ongoing conversation so for me one of the biggest joys is i love helping people have like a real relationship with god where because yes he is there are lots of stuff we don't understand about him but i also believe he wants to be known by us and so i love like digging into the bible and going okay who was this written for? What's really going on here? Let's understand this from the context and making it almost more like down to earth and, and relatable uh, than, than it might otherwise first seem. So, um, so, so here's what's super interesting about that. If, if we were able to strip out um, God from everything you just said, mm -hmm. somebody could hear that and say like, Oh, it sounds somewhat like you could pick different things, philosophy, mm -hmm. uh, therapy, mm -hmm. um, mindfulness all these things because really at the core not at the core let me not say that because i i don't know enough to know if god is there or not but mm -hmm. in some ways there's a lot of similarities between the conversation oh. you're having with god where somebody could be like i'm just deeply thinking about something and trying yeah. to be very thoughtful and questioning and, and mm -hmm. almost socratic in my approach to mm -hmm. you know working through it and yeah. that's super interesting to me right off the bat because i think for a lot of people that either don't believe in god or aren't sure if god's real they, again back to that logic word which mm -hmm. you're explaining is in some ways a very logical process of I have an idea, mm -hmm. right? Let me think about that idea. Let me understand it. Now, God is the is the medium and the platform in which you use to do mm -hmm. that. And that very well might be the right one because God's the ultimate power in the universe. But I think that's very interesting that the process mm -hmm. you're explaining, I've gone through that process every single day. Wow. I think of it differently, but it's the same process. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting. The other thing I think is interesting is that it gets back to your value of faith and, and the literal mm -hmm. use of that word, because I'll say for me, right, mm -hmm. when I'm not thinking that in terms of God, where I'm having a conversation with God and I have an idea that says, hey, you, you should quit your job, right? Mm -hmm. I have a son, I have a wife, you should quit your job, you should do something you're more passionate about. I think I would follow a very similar process to you where I would start to question and say, huh, is that a good idea? Am I sure? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. What's the implications? But I have this working belief that we can't really trust our own minds. Now, this is a very like psychological kind of cognitive psychology viewpoint, but mm -hmm. there's so many biases. There's so many blind spots, our subconscious, mm -hmm. all these things come into play. And it's very hard for us to know, what do I really want? What mm -hmm. do I really think? What do I really believe? This thought that I'm generating or this belief that I have, is it really mine or did it get fed to me from somebody else? Yeah. The reason I say that ties to the faith word is it sounds like in your case, the way you kind of account for that or the way that you overcome that is th there's a true belief that no, 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 this is, this is God that I'm speaking to. And mm -hmm. I have faith in that. So I don't have to worry about the blind yeah. spots and the ego and it overcomes mm -hmm. that. So I don't know if there's as much a question here as much as I'm working through it in my own it's head. Okay. But... I've got three things I'm going to speak to you yeah, about. Go back Good. to that yeah, though. Yeah. So we'll just there was two, then, but then you said a third <laughs> thing. So back up slightly because I then would maintain these conversations that people think that they're having with themselves or yes. with the universe. Personally, I believe that your God is always communicating with sure. you. So yeah. you can be having that conversation with God even before you realize it. Yes. So like, I don't want to get all Bible on you, but I'm going to for a minute. Wait, I'm going to use John 3, 16, because it's a really familiar verse. God sure. loved the world so much he sent Jesus. Uh, now, it's that word world that I'm interested in specifically, because the Greek word that John uses for world in that Bible verse talks about a world that doesn't yet know God. It's not talking about your people who go to church. It's not talking about the people who go, yeah, God, you're amazing. Jesus came for the world who didn't yet love God. So if we're going to take that literally and, and take that as at face value, then it stands to reason, to my mind at least, that God is quite capable of communicating with everybody. Now, they not because I maintain that God loves you regardless of whether you believe he does or not. You're, you just don't, you're not yet in a position to receive that love. Mm -hmm. So... It would it would stand to reason to my mind that actually they could be communicating with God. I mean, I I'd, I'd be like, okay, where I'm trying to find a parking space, and I, and then suddenly I appear one. Now I'm like, oh, brilliant, thanks God. But like, I recognise other people will just be having that, and they don't. And part of it as well is the way our minds are wired. Like yeah. your reticular activating system, it filters it in. But I also then I was reminded the second thing is that a lot of this stuff uh, God invented. There's a verse in Philippians that talks about whatever's lovely, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to get the list out of order. So if anyone's Bible, they're going to be like shouting at me now. But in essence, it says think lovely thoughts. You know, whatever's lovely, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy. Think about such things. Now, why I mention that is because one of I get a bit geeky about brain science. And if I could have a clone or had my life over 
I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I would love to go and do something around brain science mm-hmm. because I, I'm fascinated by the way our mind is our mind is wired. So he said it first, think lovely thoughts. We know that if you, if I was to spill my glass of water that's here right now, I've got one of two choices. I could either go, oh, well, the day's ruined, or I could go, oh, well, it can only get better from here. Our minds want to prove us right. All of this stuff that that um, neuroplasticity, these these laying down new pathways in our minds, all of that stuff, and I know I've just glossed over a huge topic, but all of that brain stuff that we're learning, God, God created your mind, you know, so there's that piece. And there was a third thing you touched on. I don't know if my mind is going to bring it back round again or not. If it not, it will afterwards. I don't remember. No, it's gone. So well, it's okay. Cause I'll pick it up and it'll come back. <laughs> I, know it I know God will bring it back to you. Um, <laughs> if it's important, you will. If, if it's, it's not, important, just right? and, and I just want to lean in on this point because you said it before too, the, the vision that most people I'm, I'm going to be 39 years old. So we're roughly the same age, not yeah. to generalize, but I think a lot of people, I was raised Catholic originally, Mm-hmm. That view that many people have of God, of that distant, far mm-hmm. off, I think in many ways, that's often the crux of like the disconnect and the confusion yeah, yeah. and the problem people have. Because even as we're saying this and we're talking about that conversation you're having in your head, that's God. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, would they're thinking of it through that lens and they're thinking, how's God coming from, he's all the way up there and mm-hmm. he's speaking in my head. Like, that's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic mm-hmm. to that. Why would he be focused on me in this moment? Mm-hmm. But that that that's so limited of a view. If you mm. open your mind further, and, and I'll use the word the universe, because for some people that resonates more, like sure. something created where we are, us being here, something created that. If you believe yeah. it's God, the God in the Bible, something else, mm-hmm. something created it. Let's call mm-hmm. that God just for the sake of this discussion. Mm-hmm. That creation created us, which then created our minds, which created the mm-hmm. thoughts that are in our head. To believe that that thing, whatever it was that created us, is flowing in our head, and it's creating mm-hmm. those thoughts that are popping up, well, that's God. That could very well be the God that you're speaking of. Maybe I call mm-hmm. it the universe. Maybe somebody else calls it an energy force. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. else calls it something else. Maybe somebody else just th- focuses on the biology of it. Mm-hmm. When you really break it down, it's not that crazy or whatever somebody would say to think God is speaking to you. Yeah. What people get hung up on, they want to prove, but what voice, what exact voice are you hearing? And how do you know that's God's voice? And I yeah. think that can be the wrong way to look at it. I think both mm-hmm. things could be true. Your Mm -hmm. mind is processing things and there's Mm -hmm. things firing off and all the things we're saying in brain science, Mm -hmm. but that's God as well. And I think that's the point you're making. And I think we've gotten like, it's become very binary for society to be like, either it's the science and it's the logic or it's God and it's spiritual. Even that dualistic thinking that comes back from, from like the ancient Greek philosophers. Yeah. It's, I mean, I want to touch on that because actually I'm going to dig into it slightly more because that idea, it's just crazy to me. There's a guy who's quite famous in church circles, St. Augustine. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think you should call a saint. I've got issues with St. Augustine. However, so he was, a before he became a Christian, he was a, a big student of, of ancient Greek philosophy, Plotinus and Plato. He loved them. He thought they were brilliant. So he became a Christian. He'd read stuff in the Bible. Sorry, back up. Okay. Thank you. Holy Spirit. The Greek understanding of God, when they formulated, when Plato went and Plotinus and they went and Aristotle, what's God? God to them was far away, untouchable. There was like this massive barrier between us and God, you know, all power because he's so powerful and mighty. He needs to be far away. Okay, so that's the understanding that Augustine had of God. Then he became a Christian and he'd read stuff in the Bible about God having a relationship with Abraham, for example, Mm -hmm. and God changing his mind. Now, the ancient Greek philosophers, God never changed his mind because he knows everything and he's untouchable. And so he's like, well, what do I do with this? And one of his friends said, ah, don't worry about it. If ever you read something like that, just just say it's a figure of speech. It's Mm -hmm. fine. He's like, okay, that'll work. St. Augustine was like, I the right person at the wrong right time. I would say the wrong person at the wrong time. <laughs> he was influential in church history. I get the numbers. I want to say 300, 400, 500 AD, that kind of ballpark. And so this idea of, 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 of God being far away and aloof became through our church history and became part of how we how we understand God. And we're really only now, I mean, it's really starting to unpick that. And actually, this is going to be slightly controversial, but even now in the 2022, there are huge swathes of the evangelical Christian church body that don't believe that I can hear from God. They believe that hearing from God yeah. stopped when the Bible stopped. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they will. They've got whole websites ranting. I'm, I'm not on there because I'm not famous enough. But you know, ranting against people. Not yet, anyway. No, I don't want to be famous. That. that sounds like a nightmare. But no, <laughs> ranting against. I mean, I, I saw this list the other day, and there were people I'm like, really, people I respect. They even had Billy Graham on there. I mean, everybody's heard of Billy Graham. I'm like, come on. Like, I don't necessarily agree with all his theology around hell, but you know, like he's a famous one. 
one for doing. Mm-hmm. He had lot. If you've got to tick boxes, he had lots of them. Uh, and so I don't quite know where I'm going with this, but I think it's important. The this idea of how just how how indoctrinated and how entrenched into our understanding of God, all of that stuff came. And I had no idea about that until yeah. thanks to COVID uh, and a series of God incidences, I ended up doing this course. Um, and then you had John Calvin, the Reformation, all because he, he was a lawyer, that then muddled all the stuff up. There's so much going on there. Even, I mean, some people, if they're listening and they do do their Bible, the, the NIV is the is our faithful NIV Bible. Even that has got verses in there which have been translated with a bent towards the, this idea of God being vengeful and mm. vengeful and and full of wrath i mean it's oh, it's startling to me and yet too often and we do it to ourselves and by ourselves i mean the christian organization we're terrible we're so if we spent as much time loving people as jesus loved them as we do like criticizing the people that don't agree with us this world would be transformed yeah. you know it would not be the way it is today yeah. uh, so i but i just wanted to pause there for a moment because that far away aloof picture that people get there's a reason why it's there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I personally would maintain that that isn't how what God wants to be known by you. Hebrew is a relational language. So God called himself El Shaddai, which we translate as God, the powerful one, but actually more accurately should be translated as because it's relational. So his his powerfulness in relation to the person he's speaking to. I'm all powerful in my love for you. Mm. I'm all powerful in my provision for you. I'm all powerful in my never giving up enough for you. But we just hit on that word powerful, powerful. you know. And yeah. so it's just, oh, there's so much to this. It just, yeah, oh. like I say, it's one of my soapboxes and it does, it does drive me crazy, but you don't focus on the stuff that drives you crazy. Instead, you, you know, hopefully share the antidote, but I just think it's important. In fact, yeah. we've gone there a couple of times now. I'm glad too. And, and I'll just touch one more on the irony of it and you hit it, but like for, for it's ironic that often the most quote unquote religious people are mm. the ones that have that view and causes oh, yeah. that disconnect exactly as you articulated. Yeah. So I don't need to repeat it. And I think for a mm. lot of people that are turned off by religion or God, yeah. it's because there appears to be this rigid view that no, 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 this is absolutely what it is. And that's an interesting yeah. thing. But let me but ask religion you this. was never God's was never God's um goal. Well, let so. me ask that. I love that you just <laughs> said that because what I was going to ask was because I like to follow the thread on things and, and I don't know where they go. And I think that's good for this conversation. How how do I want to ask this? How do you make sense of the world going the route it went? Right. So you just said it. Religion was never God's goal, but mm-hmm. religion came about and we have exactly mm-hmm. all the things you just spoke about. Yeah. How do you make sense of that? Is it is it that that's part of God's plan? Is it mm-hmm. that because in, in some ways, why did it end up that way? If, if God is kind of behind it all. Mm hmm. Is it that God doesn't have the power? And, and I've had conversations and I'm sure there's some aspect of this where like, we're mm. like God's children. He can't just intervene whenever he wants mm. to. And that, that's okay. That makes sense. But why, why as humans, did mm-hmm. we not end in the right place where seemingly we should have, like you and I are talking about? How did we get to this place where it is about religion and indoctrination and it's more of a power mm. play and all that stuff? That's such a good question. Uh, yeah. So I thought that I have explored some of this with God before and I'm like, yeah, what's going on? So I, I asked him once, I said, look, because there are so many years to, and there's another piece, we'll get there in a minute, but they, to touch on this directly, right? There's so many years between, if you take, believe the Bible, we're going to assume we do for the purpose of this conversation. Sure. There's so many years between creating the world and let's say Moses, and there's loads of years between Jesus coming, then we've got another 2000 odd years to where we are today. I said to God, why couldn't you just made it like a little bit shorter? Mm. Because then we, you know, if ultimately, like I believe, again, this is slightly controversial, but I believe that ultimately God is going to get his way. One or two Peter, it talks about God not wanting to lose anybody, he wants any everybody to come into relationship with him. I believe that ultimately, whether it's in this life or in the life to come, he will get his way. So I said, right, okay, God, why couldn't you shorten all that stuff and get to that bit quicker? And what I heard was, if I did that, I wouldn't have you and that person and that person. And so if I was to shorten that whole span, then there are people who are who haven't been born yet, who are my children. And this, you know, it, it, eternity or whatever you want to call that, whatever comes next would be a lesser place because there would be people that weren't in it. Mm. So I believe that God is playing a long game. But sure. to answer your question more direct, directly, because I also recognize that saying, oh, well, we've got free will is a cop out. We do have free will, but I recognize that people go, when people say that, 
we are terrible at, at Christianese and cop-out answers. And we have to recognize there is so much that's happened recently, but also in the history of planet Earth, that's horrible. You know, you mentioned Hitler. There's all of this stuff. And you and so it, it's this this play between, okay, God, you're in you're in charge, but are you in control? Mm. Now, some believe the Calvinists believe that he's in charge and he's in control. And by extension, therefore, that means that he willed all of that stuff to happen. I would maintain that God is in charge, but he doesn't control all of the in individual pieces. He sees it all. He understands it all. But to go back more directly to this religion question, I and again, I love the timing of this. So I the fact that we're having this conversation today rather than, say, two months ago, two months ago, I wouldn't have read this book and mm. gone down this whole rabbit hole that I haven't done today. There's I'm trying to give the short version of this because it's a big conversation. So lots of people are, are familiar with Moses and, and, and the Israelite nation when they, okay, let's go back slightly. Noah, the flood, Noah was, it was invited into an unconditional covenant with God. God said, never again will I flood the whole earth. There was no like, oh, if this, that, that, it will never happen. Abraham was invited into an unconditional covenant with God. I will make you the father of many nations. Originally, and it's in our Bibles, it's in Exodus chapter 19, 18, 19, somewhere around then. Originally, uh, God invited the children of Israel into an unconditional relationship with them. He said to them, come and meet me, walk in relationship with me. I want to love you. I want you to be my people. And then we, we read in Numbers that they got, I think it's Numbers or Deuteronomy. I don't know if I've got it in front of me. Somewhere in the Old Testament, I could find references if anybody's interested. But it, it, he's, oh, yeah, I think it's Deuteronomy. It is Deuteronomy. Um, he, he, they basically were scared. Uh, we don't know why they were scared. I might, you know, we could surmise while well, they'd come out of captivity and whatever. But they basically said, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. Moses, you go and talk to God. You tell us what to do. Mm. And by doing that, they stepped into what's called, and it's, there's lots of literature around this, what's called a kinship covenant, where you have a more powerful being and a lesser being, and there's rules and regulations. That's how religion was born. That's why Paul in the New Testament says that the law brings wrath, the law brings death. The law, these rules and regulations, the Ten Commandments are a kinship ceremony. That stuff was never God's best, was never God's heart for any of us, was never God's heart for the, for the Israelites. Now, of course, being God, he knew that would happen. Uh, and so what you've got then through that, in that system that he never wanted, he created shadows that then pointed to Jesus. Uh, and so so I would maintain that it's, it, it's, a, it's a long game, I mean, really long from our perspective, but actually I, because I for a long time have said, oh, it's relationship, not religion. But it wasn't until I started digging into this covenant stuff. I'm like, oh, actually, it really was always about relationship. It was never meant to be about religion. Uh, you know, do this, don't do that. Da, 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 da. You know, it was always meant to be about relationship. Mm. And so that for me, I was like, oh, wow. It just it, it fascinated me because it was yeah. stuff I'd never discovered before. Yeah, and it, it makes you think too to, to the relationship point, which which resonates a lot with me. And I, I'm not nearly as well versed, if at all, about theology. I've read the Bible, but um, mm. as I understand it, like the, the the Jewish religion is more in that vein of like grappling with God, and it's a little bit more relational in that pure form. Mm. And it makes you think that, um, as you said, like as soon as the relationship became um, indirect where there's mm -hmm. a priest or there's mm -hmm. a prophet or there's somebody that's speaking to God. And then I'll tell you what it is, or I'll write it in the book and I'll mm -hmm. tell you, as you're saying, that's where it would, it would make sense that it started to go downhill because it should mm -hmm. be, as you're explaining it, each of us has the same relationship with God. Mm -hmm. None of us are above that. Once a human intervened in that and said, I'll f filter it through me. Yeah. Well, now you're not getting that pure conversation yeah. with God. And, and then people start to believe, well, I can't talk to God. Oh, so yeah. I have to trust what this priest yeah. or what this other rabbi or whatever is saying. Yeah. And that seems like that's where it makes sense that you lose oh, yeah. that relationship. There's actual, there's, you can see it. Like, again, I have references for you, but, you, but prior to that moment where they said, no, no, we don't want an unconditional covenant. They would, they complained about there being no food and he told them off, but nothing bad happened. They violated the Sabbath nothing happened uh they again complained about grumbled nothing happened but as soon as the law was introduced you're and it, there's some really graphic stuff in the bible but like they grumbled about food and there was deadly serpents or they mm. grumbled about the, or they violated the sabbath and he was stoned to death you can see a direct parallel bef between what happened before the law and after the law it, and, I, and I don't know, I'm like, how I'm 44, how did I miss that until mm. now? It's it's just stunning to me, because actually, if we're walking out in relationship with God, like Abraham didn't have a list of rules. He just 
did it with God and knew instinctively. We each, even if somebody doesn't believe in God, we have this instinctive moral code inside of us. We know that we shouldn't kill somebody. We know that, you know, so we don't really need a list that says don't murder. You know, it doesn't need to be there. But that's what the, it's there because it's a kinship ceremony. But that is just, I don't know, it's astonishing to me. And I'm excited, you know, we get, I, I'm so thankful I'm alive now that we get to live now where we have that access to mm. God. And, you know, it's just a different dynamic. All right, let me ask this as we're coming towards the end. Let's let's play the other side for a second because there's a couple aspects of this. You just said, like, we, we don't need rules. We don't need laws. Mm -hmm. um, somebody would hear that and say, if you look at human history, like, and, and again, maybe maybe this is connected. Maybe you would say, well, that started because of this. But mm -hmm. we 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 are we have that animalistic nature to. There's a power dynamic. There's a protection. There's a self preservation. Mm -hmm. We've seen savage things that humans have done throughout history, and we can't trust humans to just make the right decision. Like we do need law and order because it wouldn't work that way. And let's even make it a little bit a, a, a derivation of that where you mm -hmm. started with that, you know, God loves you for exactly who you are. I think there's a mm -hmm. similar principle in there where somebody would say there's danger in that because you're giving people permission to just do whatever they want and say, well, that's just me. And God loves me. Like, where does accountability mm -hmm. come in? Where does order come in? Where does like all of those things are needed. If, if we let us just reign freely, mm -hmm. we, we, we might do some good things. It's a spectrum of things we might do the good and bad. Yeah. Um, and people fear that people fear mm -hmm. that, that lack of order. They think it's, yeah. it's needed. What's the response? Is is it is that misguided? Is there validity to that? Does it tie back to what we're saying in some ways? Yeah, well, I mean, there's two bits of this that come to mind. So first of all, we have to recognize that like we've already touched on. We do live in a world that is not perfect. You know, there are it's not God is not getting his way all the time. There are other enemy forces at play. There's other stuff going on. And so none of us live in a bubble. So some of the stuff that happens, you know, we can't I could be as delightful and wonderful, wonderful as I like but I do life with other people. Mm -hmm. So we have to recognize that this side of whatever's next, it's not always going to be perfect, but we are people who are growing. Uh, and so I am not the person today who I was a year ago or even two years ago. And I've heard that argument before. Like I, yes, in fact, I've had this conversation with God. I am a chatterbox. I do talk a lot as this will, you know, people will have gathered this by now. <laughs> and it would be really easy to say, oh, well, you know, if I if I say everything without sort of like engaging my mind and I hurt somebody, oh, well, that's just the way I am. I'm being who I am. But actually, that's quite an immature way to be. Mm. I, I can, there is still room for me to grow and there's still a room for me to, 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 walk out what it means to to be in relationship and be loving and so i am actually getting a little bit a little bit better at thinking before i speak mm. i can't say get it right all the time but i use that as an example so i don't think to say oh well that's just who i am it's like okay i want you to and i've had this conversation with one of my offspring in fact what i've got three children they're quite close in age one of my children not so much at the moment, but they go through seasons of loving to wind up one of her siblings. Mm. And, oh, well, that's just who I am. It's fun for me. I'm like, well, yeah, it might be fun for you, but it's not fun for your brother. Mm. And it's not fun for people around you. And I want you to be you. However, I want you to be the best version of you that you can be. And actually, what does that look like to be mature? Mm. And so I think there's a growth aspect to this as well. We have to recognize, of course, this idea of like complete and utter freedom, like I love freedom, but I like, I still like to have some structure, you know? So, so there, there's absolute validity to, to what you're saying. And I don't think there's a clear cut answer. What I would, well, I guess what I would say is that if I believe, if everybody was walking in relationship with God, you know, in, intentionally and they were at their maturist, then maybe we wouldn't need the police force. That's and we wouldn't exactly need all that stuff. That's where I was thinking too, as you said it, because even that example yeah. you gave with, with your child, it goes back to that conversation you were saying before that you have with God. And you know, let's just play it out in that scenario. Like if, if she yeah. goes to say like, oh, I'm going to go wind up my brother right now. If she's having a conversation with God and saying, okay, but God, is that you? Are you telling me to do that? Yeah. Like, what's the implication <laughs> of that? Is that going to be a good thing? Is that going to make him up? Yeah. That yeah. thinking, that questioning, that grappling, which again, yeah. in, in your case, and it may very well be the truth with God and others, mm -hmm. it's just, I'm going to question myself and think about yeah. it. If people follow that process, if mm -hmm. people are more thoughtful in that way, Mm -hmm. I think I agree. I think we're in, it, it's mm -hmm. not going to be perfect. Obviously people oh, are no. still going to get it wrong. There's still going to be things like that in the world, mm -hmm. but I think you're right. I think often 
the need for laws and structure is because people aren't questioning themselves enough and having yeah. those conversations. Oh, yeah. and they're you acting. need to have a level of self-awareness. However exactly. you do that process. And most people walk around going, eh, whatever. They yes. don't really know who they are. Or they, oh, and it also takes a level of like honesty with yourself. Yes. Now, now I would say I'd have that honesty, that conversation with God too. But even if you not have, you don't, even if you don't think you're having that conversation with God, you've got to be honest with yourself. Yes. And actually, sometimes that's quite uncomfortable. Yeah. I have to recognize things on myself. Like sometimes I can say things uh, to people who I love and it will come out wrongly, you know, and, and I sometimes see that in one of my other children. And I, I say to her dad, look, she doesn't mean it that way. Mm. It's just the way that it's coming out. And the reason mm. I can recognize that is I see that I, that's me, you know. Uh, and so but but that's uncomfortable to recognize that truth. Uh, and then the other part of that, I guess, is having been surrounded by people who who love you and are in relationship with you, you know, because we that that's the other part of it. God is in community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We were created for community, whether that's community of family, friends, you know, um, uh, what was the word I was looking for? Community. I said, um, mm -hmm. where I live. I don't know. My, the, my, my neighborhood. My yeah. Neighborhood. There thing. you go. Yeah. yeah. But I, we were never meant to do life on our own. And God models that very first, because if he was a solo God, you know, the, the gods that we get in Greek, for example, you know, Apollo and all these are all mighty and they don't actually love in in the, in the way that the, mm. the Trinity loves. And so the fact that the fact that even God is in community. So that's the other part of it is mm. having people around you who feel safe to tell you to call you out when you're being a bit of a plonker. No, and, and then you're not going to like give them a hard time for doing that. That I think that's important, too. You know, my kids, they're all teenagers now. They'll tell me, like I said, we talked about me being not grumpy anymore. When I am grumpy, I mean, quite honestly, I'm not a night owl. And one of my children is, and she loves to have big, deep and meaningful conversations, like half past 10 at night. <laughs> oh, mum, you're being grumpy, you know? And so for me, I, I was always dreading parenting teenagers. I actually love it now. It's great fun. And so I don't know how old your son is, but eight, if he's, oh, there you go. So like, I always thought it'd be really scary, but it's actually great fun. If you can embrace a sense of humor and have the humility to recognize that they teach you so much mm. but but allowing people to speak into your life is is important too mm. um mm. so oh listen i mean i'm gonna say something i say at the end i, I keep telling myself i'm not gonna say this at the end of the conversation anymore but i, I won't stop because it's the truth i love this <laughs> conversation i really do and i say that all the time because i love conversation with people and i think in your framing which again i'm saying this it may be, it's it, that's god right that's god mm. allowing us the conversation Absolutely. is a part of this conversation in the way you would see it and i think what i love about it among many things is that it's allowing us to to look at God in a different way. It's allowing mm -hmm. people, myself in some ways, other people I know, and hopefully those listening, mm -hmm. to just consider it. Just consider that different perspective mm -hmm. of it. And to understand that some of the things that we've made very binary to say, well, that's science or that's logic and that's mm -hmm. God and that's spiritual. There's such a thin line, if any, between those things when we really get down to the root of what we're saying and what they are. And I think mm -hmm. this conversation and and the way you articulated how you conversate with God and the way you explained mm -hmm. it, it positioned it to me in a way that I hadn't thought about it before. And I hope oh, it does wow. for other people. And if that leads to people, and even if they still don't think it's God, they think it's something else, but it leads to the same outcome. Yeah. I think we're all better off for it. So I, I thank you a ton and appreciate you for being oh, on no, the work you're doing. Pleasure. So, so enjoyable. Oh, it's no, it's my, honestly, it's my absolute pleasure. You just made my day. <laughs> yeah, you made mine. So it's good. Mutual. Oh, oh, it's <laughs> so thanks so much, Al. You have a great rest of your day. <laughs>